of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, Buckeye fans, Andy Logan of Logan Sports. Back in 1975, my father, Dick Logan, who played football for Ohio State and the Green Bay Packers, decided to open up Logan Sports and was dedicated to providing Stark County with great products at great prices. He always emphasized customer service, making customers feel extra special, and those values are still in place today. Logan's is a great place for Nike and Under Armour shoes and apparel. We are the place for Ohio State gear and your high school spirit wear, custom lettering, and corporate apparel headquarters. Logan Sports. OH. This is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Well, as Kenny and I have been saying for about an hour and a half now, frustrating day at the shoe Saturday afternoon. Buckeyes fall to Michigan 45-23 to help us break it down and figure out what the hell went wrong out there. Jeff Logan from 610 WTVN in Columbus joins us now. Jeff, what happened? Well, it's, if, if, if I knew the, the answer to that, I'd be the head football coach at Ohio State, and um, I am certainly not qualified to be that person. And uh, the comments that I've heard from a lot of people around the country, I am thoroughly convinced that none of those people um, are qualified to take over the job for Ryan Day. But no one's more disappointed than myself um, in what happened on Saturday. I thought we were in a perfect position uh, at the end of the first half to be able to go out there and win the third quarter, which is what Ryan J. Day challenged his football team to do. And um, unfortunately, it didn't go in their direction. And, and there's a lot of finger pointing, a lot of people to blame. Uh, but the only thing they can do is continue to get up, work harder, and get better for the next one. Jeff, you may not be qualified to be the head coach of that team, but you are qualified to make an observation. My biggest observation and one of the biggest takeaways for me watching that game, is the lack of discipline. How do you explain all the penalties? Yeah, the, the, the penalties all year have been frustrating. And, you know, I was looking at, uh, to kind of get an idea, Ohio State averaged something like uh, 50 yards a game in penalties, but 100 uh, this past week against the team up north. And that's the same as having two turnovers, in my opinion, is giving up 100 yards during the game. So, uh, that was totally unacceptable. The, you know, the the the, the silly penalties, the motion, uh, delay of games. Uh, when you have an unsportsmanlike conduct, oh. that has something to do with the character of the football team. And I can promise you that they are addressing uh, those issues today. But it's one of those things that you got to improve on, and uh, you harp on it. You try and do the best that you possibly can, uh, but something sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Uh, all right, uh, Jeff, this may not be a popular opinion, but I thought it was Ryan Day's worst coaching job since he's been at Ohio State. And I understand they were up by three at halftime, but they should have been up 10 or 14 points in two consecutive years. They've combined to kick five field goals instead of scoring touchdowns, and he's the offensive coordinator. It's his job to figure out that defense and how to score points, and they continue to fail to do so against this Jim Harbaugh-led defense um, I, Ryan Day, to me, uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's he's stubborn. 
Uh, maybe it's his ego where, hey, we got to beat him over the top. It's how we got here. We're going to keep throwing deep. We're going to keep throwing deep. Well, they're taking that away, just like on defense with Jim Knowles. Uh, if you have nobody back and they exploit that, you've got to adjust to it. So I thought the coaching staff had their worst coaching uh, job all year long and maybe in Ryan Day's, what, three-plus years since he's been there at Ohio State. Am I way off base on that? Well, I think you've probably gone to an extreme. I, I, I would say that uh... – uh, Ryan Day has been frustrated all year with their ability to execute in the red zone. They have, you know, they're 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 like number four or five in the country in red zone scoring, but only seventy five percent of the time in the red zone are they coming up with touchdowns. And you got to do better than that. And uh, you know, in it's not all the running game; it's uh, it's mixing things up a little bit. And the, the field gets compressed down there. It's a hard thing for everybody to be able to score down there, but. You cannot get into a championship game like this and give up touchdowns in exchange for field goals. It's just not a very good recipe for success. On the on the defensive side, I will tell you this: I was very frustrated uh, with the fact that we did not make adjustments um, in the second half. Uh, we shut them down totally in the first half, only ten yards rushing. But it became obvious that they were going away from the run and they were going to start throwing the football. Yet we remained in a very aggressive man-to-man. Uh, defensive situation, and it put our kids at risk, and we didn't look very good. Yeah, Jeff, they, they looked terrible in that second half defensively. They were exploited, and kudos to the hardball staff for uh, doing that. Jeff, let's look at this offense a little bit. Now, obviously, coming from the Woody Hayes school of three yards in a cloud of dust, you live by the pass, you die by the pass, but if you don't have a running game board, but in this day and age, if you don't have a mobile quarterback, I don't care what level you're on, it makes it a little bit more difficult to beat teams that are quality opponents like this Michigan team, yes? Well, I would I would tell you that um, having a mobile quarterback that has the capacity to be able to throw the ball like C.J. Stroud does would be a an, an unbelievable combination. And I think Justin Fields was pretty much kind of that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, the current version of the Ohio State quarterback is not – uh, dual threat by any stretch. I mean, he's not going to go run the football. That doesn't make him a bad football player, though, right. JT. you got to understand that. Um, if Ohio State had another choice that somebody was better as a dual threat quarterback, don't you think they'd be playing him? Well, I mean, this is the second year for Stroud, so I don't think you're going to unseat him unless you're uh, you know, that much better than him. It's, it's what you have. It's what you recruited. And I think, again, that goes back to Ryan Day with the selection uh, of C.J. Stroud. You knew he wasn't a mobile quarterback, and uh, that's the guy you're going with. And you look at his stats, and you go, well, he's a Heisman Trophy finalist. Yeah, he is, but in the big games, and I went back and broke him down, uh, you know, for, for uh, you know, CJ, he's 6-3 and three against ranked teams. That's three losses, and his inability to run, there's a lot of empty stats out there when you pat them against the cupcakes, and you don't get it done against, uh, you know, the Michigans, the Oregons, and the top-ranked teams out there. So do you think Ryan Day might change his recruiting strategy based on what he has seen the last two years and the need for a mobile quarterback? Well, I, I, you know, I think that's a little bit harsh on on, uh, on C.J. Stroud, and, and the kid is extraordinarily talented. He's number one in the country in passing efficiency. Um, and we can complain all we want about the fact that he's not mobile. He does not beat you running the football, and I get that. That is another threat uh, to be out there in the college game that you look around some of the successful teams in the country. 
uh, have certainly got a little bit more mobility at the quarterback spot than we do. But uh, once again, I, you know, if we're talking about a place in time right now, C.J. Stroud was the best option that we had today. Whether or not that changes in the future, I don't know. Should he come back for another year, Jeff? I don't think he's ready for the NFL. In watching him the last two weeks, Maryland, and what they did defensively against him, and again for the second uh, you know, straight year, even though he put up some big yardage numbers, touchdown passes were at a minimum for him against Michigan. Should he come back for another year? Well, it, it, as a, as a, as a, uh, you know, a greedy fan at Ohio State with this kid's talent, uh, I would certainly want him to come back for another year and do a Mike Doss. Uh, I was just with Mike last week, and we were talking about, you know, what he did in his uh, one year remaining. Instead of being a first-round pick, he he returned because he wanted to win a national championship, and that's yep. exactly what he did. He he kind of built the team around him and led them that next year. And I don't know if C.J. Stroud has got that same uh, uh, care or concern or fire that wants to do that kind of thing. I will tell you this though: the NFL, whether or not he is NFL ready to play right now or not. He makes NFL throws, and that throwing arm and his accuracy, his ability to go through his his uh, reads and everything, um, nobody's going to back off of him uh, in the NFL because of his performance this past Saturday. Jeff, I want to ask you about Larry Johnson. He's been there for quite a long time there, assistant head coach, defensive line coach. How much longer do you think Larry Johnson stays on this staff? Well, it's interesting. I was with Larry Johnson a couple of times this year, and he – indicates that he is having so much fun right now in his career, loves being here. Um, he, he has no desire to be a head football coach. He has no desire to go anyplace else. And when you've got the young talent that he's got around him, like JT Tuomoloau, and he's got, uh, um, you know, other really you know, solid guys that are young football players, this is a guy that wants to go go in and, and build young men and have them uh, continue to succeed. So I don't see Larry Johnson going anywhere anytime soon. Is he under fire for the lack of production from those uh, defensive linemen the last two years? You're judged on what you do against Michigan and games after that at Ohio State. You know that as well as anybody. And one sack this past week, uh, they couldn't stop the run. They've given up 600 yards rushing against Michigan the last two years in two losses, Jeff. Yeah, you know, I, I think the part of the strength of the Ohio State football defense all season long, and if you look at the first half of the Michigan game, uh, you got to certainly believe that those front seven are as good as anybody uh, that Ohio State's had in the last five or six years. So um, I, I think it's uh, off base to uh, criticize the, the role of Larry Johnson in his, in his defensive lineman. When we look at this team right now, do you think, should they backdoor their way into the college football playoff, they can turn this around? Because JT and I both agree on this. They didn't get better as the season went along. They were stagnant or maybe got a little worse as the season progressed, where other teams like a USC and other teams are getting better and starting to peak maybe at the right time. Uh, for uh, a run at a national championship. Do you think if they get in, if a TCU loses or a USC gets upset, can they make a run this year at the national championship or no, based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks? Well, I would tell you this, that uh, if, if you went across the board and went to the other three teams, whomever those three are going to be, and said, 
do you do you want to play Ohio State or somebody else? They're all going to say somebody else because of the explosive nature of this football program. So, um, you know, I don't know whether or not they deserve to be in the Final Four, uh, but I would I agree with Coach Day when he said that they're a dangerous team if they were to get in there, and I think that they would be. I think they're a dangerous team if they're not playing Michigan because Michigan knows how to beat them now. That's two years in a row, and it's been total domination the last two years. Outscored 87-50, to and like I said, they've given up 600 yards rushing uh, against Michigan. So if it's anybody else but Michigan, yeah, I I might not want to play them because they don't know how to play them. But if it's Michigan again, I'm siding on Michigan's side uh, until Ohio State, and I hate to say this, until Ohio State can prove they can beat this current way of playing Michigan. Well, you couldn't be more accurate. The only way you can fix it is to go uh, solve it on the field. And I think Ohio State would love to have another opportunity as quickly as possible uh, to be able to go out there and measure themselves against the best. And right now, I think uh, the University of Michigan is playing at a very high level. You know, they went without their number one running back, and they were able to have extraordinary success after being shut down running the football in the first half of that game. Guys, they had 10 yards rushing in the first half. That's pretty strong. But guys, to me, when you talk about being a dangerous team, they're dangerous to themselves because if they can't fix these stupid penalties and get themselves out of these first and 35s, you're not going to beat too many teams. I don't care who they are. But when I look at this team and I want to know moving forward what's on the horizon, if they don't make it into the Final Four, Jeff, what are we looking at? Maybe another Rose Bowl? Well, you make that sound like it's the garbage bowl. Well, it is now because of the fact that if these players, these kids don't want to play in it, and it's a meaningless bowl game, I mean, this isn't like when you played and everybody wanted to go to the world. You know, is it? Is it the granddaddy of them all? I'd have to say probably not anymore. Well, um, that's your opinion. I've got a different opinion. Um, I still have a great deal of pride in what the Rose Bowl means, what it meant, and I think they could turn, uh, like they did last year, that trip that everybody was being negative about, the Rose Bowl, Uh, I thought that that uh, really sent this team into a great winter conditioning program after their comeback win in that game against Utah. So uh, if you're going to ask me to to, uh, suggest that the Rose Bowl sucks, you got the wrong dude. Not necessarily that it sucks. I I look at the player in today's day and age looking at dollar signs into the NFL, sitting out a game like that with no chance to win a title. And it's not just me. It's the entire country. And when we're only talking about four teams making a playoff – I think they're going to lean towards maybe, you know, sitting out like, you know, Olave did last year, Garrett Wilson did last year. Let's play for our next contract. Well, I, you know, and I, if, if, if guys choose to do that and Chris Olave made that decision, Garrett Wilson made that decision last year, you know, I, that's fine. We, next man up. And uh, that might be the best thing for Ohio State if they get into a game like that and you end up having one of those backup quarterbacks be your lead guy if, C.J. Stroud decides he doesn't want to play. Mm. You know, if we're going to build for the future, let's start right now. Yeah, I can't see C.J. playing in anything but the playoffs uh, from a, a monetary standpoint because he's already won the Rose Bowl, um, and uh, it might hurt his chances more than it helps his chances, and you avoid injury. So I, I could see, hey, you know what, then you're right. You, you see what you have on the roster as far as the quarterbacks go, and you, I don't want to say you treat it like it's an exhibition game, Jeff, if it's the Rose Bowl, but maybe you give both of those guys a shot and say, all right, you guys are auditioning for next year. Show me what you got. Let's go. Yeah, then, and it, that may not be all bad for the future mm-hmm. of the Ohio State football program. 
because they need to find out who is going to replace C.J. Stroud if he does not come back next year and he heads to the NFL. Jeff Logan, our guest, talking Ohio State, Michigan. Unfortunately, the Buckeyes lose to Michigan 45-23, second straight year. They've fallen to that team up north. Um, Kirk Barton did a breakdown. I don't know if you saw this online anywhere, uh, Jeff, but he did a breakdown of the uh, punt play after the first and 35, saying that they were going to run a fake punt, and it was there to not only pick up the first down, but it was there to maybe go the distance for a touchdown with Rossi uh, catching the snap with the lead blocker of Eichenberg the way it was set up. Have you seen this at all? I have, and uh, I certainly didn't notice it when it happened. Uh, It looked like, oh, my gosh, we just barely got the kickoff, but – Right. Um, if you go back and watch the tape, it is very clear that they had determined that they were going to go fake punt and they were going to run it to the left. And uh, obviously some miscommunication at some point in time because everybody was on the same page except the long snapper who snapped it back to the kicker. So who's at fault there? Is that lack of communication from the, the head coach who probably calls that play as the offensive coordinator? Is that, uh, you know, the, uh, the guys in the huddle or on the sidelines not listening? Is it just on the long snapper? Uh, could be any combination of that. If you're looking for somebody to burn at the stake, I don't know who that right guy is, uh, but that was a missed assignment uh, somewhere, somehow. And maybe some more detail will come out about that. But, I, you know, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a shame that, that, especially at home, it wasn't a communication issue because of noise or anything. You should have been able to get everybody on the same page on that play. And somebody's to blame, but I don't know that you could take them and burn them at the stake. All right, what about uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba? Have we seen the last of him, even if they make the playoffs? Because it's been a uh, a frustrating year, I'm sure, for him, a disappointing year from a fan's perspective after the Rose Bowl he had last year, not to have him out there. And the same with Trevion Henderson, too. And again, no excuses. They were without Corum. The Buckeyes were out without Henderson and Jigba, but Jigba's been out for, for the entire year. What, what's his situation, Jeff? So it's really hard to determine how bad that injury is. That it, and if it's only the hamstring, and that's what we've been hearing all season long, is that that's been the issue. And he tried to go in, in one of the games uh, down the road. I think it was a Toledo game. Couldn't go, and it really hasn't seen him since. So, um, I you know I think he's in bubble wrap right now for the NFL, and that's probably the best thing for his future is to go over and have a good combine. Uh, but I doubt very seriously whether JSN is going to return to Ohio State. And as far as the running backs room is concerned, I am, you know, I'm really frustrated with um, these guys not being able to build upon the, the momentum that they had from a year ago, especially Travion Henderson, who was a freshman All-American, and yeah. uh, yet he spent most of the time, you know, recovering it, it seemed like this year. He's, he, he seemed to like walking around on the sidelines with that boot on, and um, I'm not I'm not sure why Dallin Hayton didn't play in the game. I'm getting some Thank sense you. that there was a another injury situation maybe in practice. I have no facts to back that up. Uh, but uh, I mean, what a year uh, when you think of the different guys that we've had in that running back spot, and then you get a, a young man from Akron who originally went to uh, Arizona State, comes back here he's a linebacker, and then you end up running him in the game, and I thought Chip Trainum played excellent in the game. He was terrific in the in the role that they had designed for him against Michigan. Yeah, the, the Hayden thing bothered the hell out of me, too, unless it was an injury. Somebody said, well, maybe they didn't like his blocking in pass plays since they throw so much, so that's why they didn't have him out there. But Ryan Day 
even after his performance, and I listened closely to his press conference, right? And guys asked him, hey, do you feel good about that? He never really gave him that extreme vote of confidence, Jeff, even after he helped them beat Maryland uh, the following week. So I, I just, I'm curious as to what, what went on there and why he wasn't a bigger part of the offense this past week unless it was injury. Yeah, I, you know, in our pregame on WTVN Radio down here, I predicted that uh, Dallin Hayden would be the go-to guy and would probably carry the ball sometime between 20 and 25 times in the game. I was right. as surprised as anybody that he didn't play, but unfortunately I don't have any detail as to what the reason was. Well, we'll have to wait and see what the committee thinks tomorrow night where they put them. Right now, AP poll, coaches poll, they've got them five. That doesn't matter. It's the college football playoff committee. I think they're going to be five tomorrow. And then I guess Buckeye fans become the biggest uh, Kansas State fans and Utah fans uh, next weekend. Right, Jeff? Yeah, you know, and, and I've heard some people say, oh, my God, don't put us in the playoff. We'll get blown out. If, if people are going to act like that, get off the bandwagon. We don't need you around anymore. Uh, we'll be okay without you um, if, if that's the way you want to be. And I think this football team is still an elite team. Uh, I think they're learning. I think they're going through some transition at this stage. And, and a lot of new coaches came into the mix in this season. And I think there's some maturity there uh, that needs to be gathered with that coaching staff as well. Win or lose, good or bad, we always appreciate the insight that only you can give us from down in Columbus, Jeff Logan. Thanks so much for the time as always. Guys, great being with you, and um, go Bucks! Go Bucks! Jeff Logan checking in here, breaking it down for you, following that 45-23 loss to that team up north. Maybe they need that. Well, maybe. Who knows? Get focused.